Hello and welcome to our podcast where I'm Ollie Saunders, the Head of UK Commercial Valuation at JLL and I'm talking with Sasha Covington who is our newly promoted COO. Hi Sasha. Oh thanks Ollie and thanks for inviting me to this podcast. As you know Sasha Covington, um, new to the COO role at Valuation Advisory and very very passionate about diversity and inclusion and also breaking those class ceilings that we continuously see in our industry. And you've been with JLL forever, haven't you? You're, you're part of the furniture, aren't you? Uh, nearly 23 years, 24 years in, in October and started JOL. I won't tell you what age, you all should be able to work that out. Started JOL as a team secretary in the valuation advisory team. So I've always worked in valuations. And you've had an astronomical career here, haven't you? You sort of worked your way up to COO, which is a fantastic promotion that came through recently. But t- tell me, why is diversity important? And, and, and you've hired a load of people that have gone on to fantastic careers here at JLL. And you've always had the eye to find people that have really made the valuation business at JLL what it is. How have you done that? Well, I think first off, I strongly believe you can't be what you can't see in, in any industry including real estate. But I remember joining JOL and thinking there's no one that kind of sounds like me. I'm from a very deprived background. So even getting a job at JOL was kind of life changing for me. And the recruitment, I just kind of looked around and everyone sounded the same and everyone looked the same. And there was no one from a background like mine. There was no black people or Asian people. There was no gay people that I knew about at JOL. And I kind of, you know, once my career started evolving in, in JOL, I was given a platform to be able to make some of those changes. I was a driving force behind the apprentices eight years ago. It was something that JOL didn't really want to do, but something I was passionate about. I know for me, in my early days, having that apprenticeship scheme would have been, you know, career changing. And I was never given that opportunity. So Along with HR, we pulled together the scheme and we hired eight apprentices, not only in real estate to become chartered surveyors, but also on the business support side or in marketing and legal. And that's been very, very successful over the past eight, nine years. And of course, we've been taking on um, data apprentices across the business. And as valuation moves to being one where we need to be better in control of our data and we've got more data at our fingertips, they brought huge skills to the business that perhaps traditional values aren't taught in their white middle class courses at universities. Absolutely. And I think they just think differently. And that's the whole point about being diverse and and having diversity inside our team. It's they think differently. They have a different outlook from us. They're not really embedded in real estate. So some of the data they produce, we probably wouldn't even think about that. Yeah, great success stories on that data science platform. So Sasha, looking forward post-pandemic, I mean, What do you think we should be doing to attract the right type of skills into the valuation profession? Where are you looking and what ideas have we got? This is an area I'm really passionate about. I think we we need to get into the schools and it's not necessarily looking at that sixth form. It's actually getting inside the schools, showcasing that real estate is, is bigger than just being a surveyor. There's lots of arms to real estate. There's a business support, there's marketing, there's finance, there's legal. And let's get into schools and talk about what a great profession it is. You know, I have a, a part of a reverse mentoring scheme and the young black lady I'm dealing with was never given a choice about going into real estate. She actually wanted to be a lawyer. And that was really because her parents didn't think that was the right career for her. 
her parents thought that her being black, that she wouldn't be accepted into our industry. And that to me is another area where we really should focus in on having outreach to parents and outreach to schools and outreach to even those that have decided, particularly in this pandemic, everyone's thinking differently and thinking, oh, perhaps I don't want to do this as a career anymore. I want to look at real estate and get into property. You know, there's people looking at their second uh, careers and perhaps look at that area. And a lot of these individuals are from low background arenas. And, and that's really where we should be focusing on. One thing that we're both very passionate about, Sasha, is is making sure that everybody in valuation has a level playing field. So this means that when somebody's looking for a promotion, that we understand that everybody has been taught the, the same skills about how to make presentations or how to make written submissions so that we give everybody an equal chance. And that can be quite a challenge, can't it, when we're taking people from different backgrounds to make sure that we get that level playing field. So things like mentoring help, don't they? But there's also sometimes a skills gap, isn't there, when we take people who aren't from the same schools as everybody else. What do you think we need to do about that? And how can we create a levelling up of the, the, the real estate industry? I think first and foremost, you know, attitude, employing people that want to work with us, that want a really strong career with us. That's the starting point for me. And you can have as many degrees, as many MBAs if you want. But if you, you know, you've got to have attitude, you've got to have passion and you've got to want to, uh, to leave a legacy behind. That's always what's driven me. With regards to courses, and career development. We're just working with the global transformation team at the moment and we're putting in place a new HR careers development programme for everyone. And I also believe, I don't, you know, hierarchy annoys me. Why am I allowed or, or have access to these special JOL courses that others don't? And for me, let's wipe that out. Let's give everyone a fair chance. If you need to have sales training we'll give you training if you know if you need presentation skills regardless what level you'll get those presentation skills if you want to be part of our mentoring skill within valuations and also JOL as a whole you'll get access to that hierarchy in valuations now does not exist and it's something I've really really driven to change but it's funny if you look back at the um, stock market in the uh, late 1980s with the boom a lot of the stockbrokers were actually recruiting people who were market traders because they had a fantastic work ethic. They were really good at mental arithmetic um, and actually outsmarted some of their, their other peers that were part of the establishment. And you know, that was, I think, a fantastic example that we often forget about as about ha how industries can hugely disrupt away from the stereotypes that they've always had. So maybe we need to go and get some market traders or we need to think about different people that can come into valuation because it's all about numbers, isn't it? It is about numbers, yeah. And, and you know, regardless, a selling skill is, is unique and you can train people. Clearly, there are people a lot more dedicated to that and, and have a better insight to it. But we can definitely train people in that sales element. I believe that's what we're lacking in valuations. But also our clients have changed, haven't they, dramatically over the last, I've been a value for 25 years. And actually, if you look at the clients that walk through Warwick Street, they are actually incredibly diverse and becoming even more diverse as they seize the opportunities. And um, I mean, hopefully we're ahead of our competitors in how we look and feel, but there's still more to do, isn't there, across our business? Absolutely, completely. And one, and one of the changes that you know, I really want to make or us as a senior leadership management group want to make is that we can offer a diverse team for every pitch and every instruction that we get. That to me is really important. That will bring change, that will bring inclusivity and that will actually feel as everyone belongs at JOL. 
But that diversity is also about social mobility or sexuality rather than just gender, isn't it? Because still conceptually, if you were to have a group of all men on a panel and you had a gay individual and you had somebody that came from an apprentice scheme from a poor background and you had somebody who perhaps was Bane, that is diverse, isn't it? Compared to a quota of 50% men, 50% women. So diversity is across all sorts of different strands. And I'm a bit frustrated that people in property just focus on gender because it's so much deeper than that, isn't it? Yeah, we looked at gender, you know, we've been looking at gender for the last probably 10 years. And then we moved into the LGBT community. And now we're looking at that class ceiling, social mobility. But you're absolutely right. You know, that diversity and inclusion piece does go through generations, disability, race, religion, there's lots of strands to it. You asked me lots of questions about social mobility, something I'm really, really passionate about. But you have been a real driving force behind the LGBT community and particularly in real estate. I mean, it was it was funny because um, 10 years ago, I, I saw in the back of Property Week that there was a networking event for LGBT people in property. And I, I thought um, I'd come out at work after being in the profession for about 15 years, which is crazy when you look at it now. And I, I went along to this drinks party expecting there to be six people. And there were 60, including former colleagues and a couple of my clients who I had no idea who were LGBT. And that's been a phenomenal ride for 10 years. And we're now, Freehold's now got 1,200 uh, members. And I think the real estate profession has actually worked out that there are you know, a fair representation of LGBT people. And also we want to be encouraging them to come into the profession. So I think what's important about that is just being visible and sticking your head up about the parapet. And if people have got an issue with it, well, then I don't want them to be our client, really. No, thank you. That's a, that's just, that's really inspirational. And I, I, kn- I knew you did so much work for, for that platform, for our industry and beyond, because I know LGBT and making a stand for that isn't just about real estate. It, it's about every working place that we work. Everyone has varying degrees of privilege. We're both white and benefit from white privilege because of our colour. How has this advantaged your career and the outlook? Oh, that's a toughie. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a white male. I grew up in Surrey. I went to a fee-paying grammar school. I got a place in Reading and I found a job in a major firm of surveyors pretty quickly after graduating because my um, stepfather was in the property industry. So, yeah, I, I benefited from that. And that was the world in, in the early 90s when I came into the profession. And, you know, I, I was very fortunate and I'm very grateful that I, I had that start. But part of that is making sure that you understand what the privilege gave you and that when uh, you're looking re- about recruiting or finding surveyors of the future, that you make sure that those people that haven't had that privilege are on a, on a level playing field and that we enable people who are skilled. And I think I'm... I I was terribly fortunate because I found a profession I really love doing valuation. I think I've got a natural flair for it. And that's what we want to find for the people and leaders of our future that have got flair for the profession and that just get how to be a really good valuer. And I don't really care whether they went to a fee-paying grammar school or or came from an overseas country. It really doesn't matter. It's about spotting that talent. But, you know, I'm not embarrassed the fact that I went to a private school. I, I think it... Uh, hopefully gave me some good skills and that I can help those people that didn't necessarily have that privilege get into that position and enjoy real estate, which is the most fantastic career. I'm, I'm so grateful that I that I fell into that career and I want to tell more people about it, but not just going to my school's alumni to try and recruit from there. I mean, we need to recruit from that wider rider pool of people, which is called the whole of the country in every school in Britain, not, not just my old boys network. So that's that's 
probably where I'm at on white privilege, but I'm certainly not ashamed of it. I'm very lucky to have had that good start in life and hopefully through the work that we're doing together, Sasha, hiring apprentices, making sure that we give opportunity for everybody, level playing fields, you know, makes the world perhaps a bit more fairer today than it was in 1992 when I left school. Yeah, and, and I'm completely the other spectrum of, of what your career has been like. Um, white privilege, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't feel I'm white and I, I in my early career, definitely did not feel privileged you know, I left school at 16, little education, went straight into work as a junior secretary, um, which my careers officer managed to get me that interview there. I then had my son at, at 19 and then had uh, two weeks maternity leave because there was no maternity pay in those days. I had to go straight back to work. And also growing up in a in a very, you know, underprivileged family that they had no money both my parents had their own demons to fight and and very abusive childhood I had so coming out of that and trying to get work you know was really really difficult I had no one helping me and I think my success really is about the people who have helped me along the way and I think everyone needs those mentors and everyone needs those champions behind you I didn't find it in my family but I definitely found it at JOL had many many fantastic male and female supporters kind of driving me forward particularly always feeling on the back foot because I didn't have an education you know I am a woman and I have a South London accent, which I always felt, you know, held me back. Well, it certainly hasn't held you back. And also no. what was good now is the, that you're spotting that and you're, the fire in your belly is now, you know, spreading around the business, isn't it? And I think people from underprivileged backgrounds can see what you've done. And you set a great example and smash some of those uh, glass ceilings. So um, it's also quite fun dealing with it, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's the soft side of our jobs, isn't it? And I always think it's lovely promoting people. And that's one of the joys of our job, isn't it? And just seeing people grow and develop and as, as we nurture them over the years to see the results. And Claire Macken, who's joined us on the SMT, she was one of your prodigies that you found, wasn't she? We hired Claire many years ago as a graduate in the evaluation team and, you know, she got qualified. And I look at her now and what an absolute superstar she is and what a great story she has to tell. But she's one of many, you know, we've we've got a young guy who joined us probably five or six years ago, exactly the same geography degree, came into JOL. I found it. I knew his mum. He, he promoted that he'd passed his degree on Facebook. And I uh, couldn't find a job, so we asked him in for two weeks' work experience, and he's now working in Dubai. And, and that's a great story, along with all the other apprentices we had. And those success stories don't only sit in the surveying world, they also sit in the business support world, where we have many secretaries that have gone on to be executive assistants in our C-suite at JOL. And also, I think the pandemic's... Some people are saying that diversity has taken a step back during the pandemic. But I think what we've shown in valuation is we've advanced the thinking. We've thought about how we want to restructure our business, how we can bring in people with tech. I suppose the pandemic has really made us advance tech even faster than we were going anyways. But during the pandemic, we put together our plan for how we can move on D&I within valuation, which talks about how we can recruit people from different backgrounds, bring in extra skills how we can support each other and make sure everybody's on a level playing field. But it's been very difficult doing this and actually not being able to sit down in a room and guide and mentor individuals face to face because that's a huge part of it. And some people have said that D&I have taken a back step during the pandemic because we've been worrying about other things. But I, I tend to think that we've moved the business on a little bit. But 
do, do you think the rest of the, the, the world is really thinking about DNI or are we just focusing on what the new normal is going to be like? Absolutely. I think DNI is front and centre in, in not only our industry. I've been in many calls recently to do with how we drive DNI forward, how we ensure that our young generation feel like they belong. And particularly as we went into the pandemic, I was really concerned about the young apprentices. They, they were asked to stay at home and the graduates as well. That's pretty difficult. And in some cases, the apprentices... They didn't have that internet access at home, so we had to go and, and arrange that for them. A lot of them are young. They've got young families. You know, They've got young brothers and sisters running around, and the noise in the background is distraction. That was really, really tough for them as well. And we made allowances for that. Mental health has been really challenging for everyone, but particularly that group of young grassroots graduates and apprentices where we had to kind of go the extra mile for them, ensure they've got the right equipment, ensure they've got the right support. But... DNI runs through everything, whether you're black, you're gay, you're a woman, you know, social mobility runs through all of those strands. And that's one of the drivers that I'm really passionate about. Ollie, with the evaluation independent review coming up, what bit of advice would you give to anyone coming into JRL and the valuation team? I think valuation is probably the most exciting place to be in real estate at the moment. Not only have we been through the pandemic, but I think it's going to fundamentally change in terms of the way in which we look at valuing and the skills that we need. And we've got people that are looking at doing corporate finance courses, people that are studying data, people that are looking at good project management. And so I think it's a, a hugely exciting time. And I, I think we're using our tech in a very innovative way. We're just thinking laterally. and. The way we got through the pandemic about how we use that data to give good advice to our clients because we've got the support around us, I think made a real difference to the business. So I think over the next five years, we're all going to learn so much. We are learning so much in a period of huge transformation. The, the, the changes that we're going to see in the next five years in valuation are much greater than I've ever seen in the last 25 years. And that's been very significant. So I suppose it's um, sit down, hold on to your seat and uh, see where valuation is going to go. But it's going to be a very different industry, both the way in which we give our advice and the way in which we look and the type of people that are going to be giving that advice. So, yeah, come join us. It's it's also quite fun, isn't it, Sasha? It's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to the next few years and particularly as we're both so passionate about diversity inclusion. So what changes have the valuation team made along the DNI journey? Well, we're, we're trying to transform our business really to mirror the changing property market and what we think the future will bring. And we launched our new business plan and strategy when we said that we wanted inclusion at our core with the best people in the profession. And we were looking at ways in which we can do that. And I suppose part of that is making sure that everyone within the valuation team is valued. I know that may come across as a little bit cheesy, but we want to make sure that it applies to a white middle-aged man as much as it does to anybody else. And I suppose at the core of this, it's about creating a culture that makes us treat each other fairly and for everyone to succeed and with everyone having the best possible opportunities to, to grow and to develop. And I'm absolutely convinced that it's linked to having a successful business and is actually a vital ingredient for our growth, as well as being you know, the best place to be in the UK or indeed in the world, if you want to be a valuer. So it's hugely important to, to everybody. And I, I think everybody in the business sort of gets that. No, I agree. And, and it also starts at recruitment stage as well. You know, one of the things that I would like to put in place, well, what we have put in place, I should say, is that no interview will take place with same sex. 
no job offer will be placed out unless a diverse candidates have been interviewed for those roles as well. And we're also looking at the charity aspect as well, how we can give back to not only charity, but to our community as well. Those things I think are really at the core of getting our new recruits in and, you know, joining the valuation team that I'm hoping are absolutely trailblazers in this DNI journey at JOL and beyond. But also an interview process rather than the same person recruiting for the same team, getting other people interviewing, make sure that we've actually got that diversity of thought and that actually somebody that might be dismissed by somebody who's always recruited the same type of people. And we are seeing better decisions being made on recruitment, aren't we? Already, it's, it's fantastic to see the results. 100%. And this is, and this is why we needed you know, a diverse team because you know, I found in the past, even I have been biased against who I recruit. They look like me, they sound like me me and they're from that that social mobility platform but by getting that diverse candidate then we just you know we'll just have different types of people and drive everything forward what it means to me sasha is about making sure that we remain contemporary as a business and actually relevant to the clients that we serve and the communities that we're in so it's not a sort of nice to have because we want to feel good about it I think it's just making sure that we stay open for business in 10 years' time, because if we don't change, I think our business won't survive. I think it's such an imperative to get that lateral diversity of thought, inclusiveness to be working for, as well as being a moral imperative, there's also a business imperative to it, isn't there? There definitely is, and I know you'll agree, our legacy here is changing the face of property, absolutely ensuring that everyone has a equal playing field, at JOL and in the valuation team. Absolutely. Well, lovely talking to you, Sasha, as always. And uh, thank you. Thanks. Hopefully see you in the office. <laughs>